plate of lasagna. That, that's all I've had to eat all day. So that's probably going to go right to my head. And right, considering well, I don't drink, so this is going to be should be fun. Yeah, episode one fifty. Yes, this is 150. episode one hundred and fifty. Somehow, we have made it to that rarefied air. Indeed. Roll How's your mind 200? juice treating you? You feeling mindy? Well, I've written two episodes. With your mind juice. Within like four days. I can't remember what it's called. What's it called? Magic Mind. Yes. I've stuck with it for a week. Very good. I feel it's going well. Have you noticed a change? No. Nope. Fair enough. I have, but then maybe it's internal. Maybe it is internal. Maybe it's it's your focus that's changed mm. and not the fact that you're still like a rubber bouncy ball bouncing around my house. Oh, I don't think it ever made claims to stop You came in like a wrecking excited. ball. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, yes, he did. That I is my just... life. I am not a naturally... I'm a naturally enthusiastic person. I am mm. not a naturally bouncy person. No. You bring the bounce. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. Valentine's Day. Joe, no. Hey up, I'm Joe Heathcote, and this is Consistently Eccentric, a British history podcast where we try to make sense of some of the lesser known and more absurd people and events these islands have produced. So let's get started with... So let me show you a good time this Valentine's Day Eve Go on. by spinning you a yarn. Right. And it's about cats. My I know my target market. One of my favourite subjects ever. So at least you know going in. Yeah. There's going to be something that you'll like. Just just to make me a little bit sad though, you have shut the door, so our furry friends can't actually get in tonight. These which is are very... our wedding glass. I don't know. They're not goblets. What are they? Flutes. These they're are flutes. Our wedding glassware flutes that we drank everything out of on our wedding day. Yes. We've had them 13 years. We they're have. way older than that. These are vintage. They are. If Thursday comes in, she will jump up. She will smash them. They're and 1920s. We will, we will end up shouting at Thursday. Mm. The 1920s? That leads us into the story. Mm. Because... This story begins... Yes. ...in 1929. Nice. Not Victorian again, see? Thank Christ. Because on June 3rd of that year, an internal memo from Treasury official A.E. Bannum authorised the expense of one penny per day to be taken from petty cash for... <clears throat> ...the maintenance of an efficient cat. Right. Mm. Our efficient cat keeps putting a paw around the door and right. going, row. Our cats aren't efficient. Now, there had been cats in residence within government buildings prior to this date, of course. OK. Dating back to at least the time that Cardinal Wolsey was in office as Lord Chancellor. Mm. It is reported that he would often have at least one cat with him while acting in this official capacity. Right. And at the time, it was quite a brave thing to do. Why? Because only a few decades before, the Pope at that time, Pope Innocent VIII, had issued a papal bull, making it legal to burn anyone implicated in witchcraft just by virtue of the fact that they owned a cat. Oh, God, I'd be dead You'd four be times dead. over. Yeah. <gasps> that and... But cat babies, though, Joe! Cat well, babies! It was not the first time, actually, that the Catholic Church had targeted cats. There's another reason why I don't like the Catholic Church. Pope Gregory the Ninth. Oh, oh, him. He comes up a lot in history. I don't like him. Okay. His name. Yes. Well, one of the many things he did 
was he issued his own bull in the early 13th century, which declared that cats bore Satan's spirit. And while I found it difficult to agree with this assertion, I believe that there is a little bit of the devil in our cats, definitely. <laughs> right. Not all of them. Noxy noodles. Nox is the sweetness and light and fluffy okay, most. I don't three even, quarters I don't of our cats she... definitely are the spawn of Satan. I can't really argue the point there, but Nox is literally... Well, we call a flump because I don't even think there's anything other than a flump in a brain. Mm. I don't. I don't think. I think her brain's made of cotton wool. She's so deliciously thick. But even Noxy, because the Catholic Church had so much power at that time, it did this papal bull lead to a mass extermination of cats across Europe. This massacre occurred just in time to lead to a boom in the rat population prior to the bubonic plague. And some people have made the link that the severity of the bubonic plague was intensified by the fact that all of the cats across Europe had been killed on the orders of the Pope, which would be a delicious irony. Wouldn't it? Mm. Thomas Wolsey, however, was an unrepentant cat lover. Despite Good. all the risks. Good. No, I like... I like. Right, I don't... Through histories, right, so there's lots of... The history... Oh, my God. This wine's already affecting my brain, so you're going to have to bear with me. This might be the absolute deluded drivelings of a raving loony. I think we get away with it in episode 150. Good. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. Good. Celebration. More wine. Um, right. So, in history, cats are revered, historically speaking. In so, some bits, yeah. What is it about the Catholic Church that doesn't like cats? I think... Oh, okay. It was a rhetorical question. Go on. I think one of them had a cat mm. and it didn't go very well. And the cat shat in his shoe and the cat pissed you on think his this gown. Was a massive papal overreaction yes. to the things we find every morning. Yeah, just general scratching. I wonder if it's just the independent, free natured spirit that most cats have and they're like, well, we don't want to encourage that. Or. Anybody no, who would maybe he was just like a that. dog person. Maybe. But the nice thing about it is mm. it was well known to the point that the bronze statue of Cardinal Wolsey that now stands in his hometown of Ipswich mm. features a little cat peeping out from behind his chair. Oh, so I see. Cat nod. people's my peoples. Cat people's my peoples. I love cats. But while his cats definitely stalked the halls of power, yes, they were not employed in any official capacity any point okay they were personal cats not business cats <laughs> don't laugh at business cats we're <laughs> going to talk about some business cats now all i can visualize is little cats in little suits one of them that we're going to talk about did have a little tartan collar that is darling mm. ours don't wear collars they have they each have one for emergencies right <laughs> Because and I, this episode, I can talk about my cats freely, so I'm going to. I'm going to let rip. Yeah, so I feel like I've set myself up you have for set yourself a lot of editing. For a, quite a lot of editing. Mm. So my baby, my baby, my Esme, going to be 15 this year. She has moved nine times in her almost 15 years. And every time we move... Until I get her re-registered with a chip company, she has to wear a collar. In which case, she I mean, she hates it. She mm. hates me. She hates the world. She hates the collar. She's ragged her neck open trying to get it off before. But they all of them have them. Mm. 
Um, I wish we had the kind of cats my sister has and she'll put little Santa hats on her cats. You don't want those little, cats, they're soft, they're wet. Pluto has a bow tie, which is just darling. Yeah, but he... But, well, there's no sense, there's no feeling. I know, <laughs> I know. he's beautiful. But, um, yeah, our cats, they don't wear collars. I'm jealous. Mm. Back to the story? I'll allow it. The idea to introduce a cat as a means of managing the rodent problem in Downing Street could be argued to be as the result of pure coincidence. Because when the Labour government were voted in for the second time in May of 1929, mm. Ramsay MacDonald, the new Prime Minister, mm-hmm. entered Downing Street alongside his marmalade-coloured tomcat called Rufus of England. Rufus of England? The full title, Rufus of England. Rufus I love it. reportedly loved stalking the labyrinthine corridors in Downing Street. As you do. And would regularly present MacDonald with the mice and rats that he'd killed. Aww. Now, despite his killer instinct, it was noted that Rufus was looking a little thin. He was he was a killer, he wasn't an eater. He he was giving it all up. Oh, that means he really loves his owner. Because yeah. the only gift the only gift when they love you. Well, he was looking a little thin. So an expenses claim was made to increase his food allowance. This provision of extra food for a cat, a privately owned cat, mm. at the time of the Great Depression, no less, when employment Ooh. in some areas reached... Now, is that poor taste? Could you say that that was in poor taste? A lot considering... of people did, because, like I was going to say, unemployment in some areas of the country was up to 70%. Jeez. Mm. It led to the adoption of a sarcastic nickname for Rufus. Oh, God, go on. From that moment on, through no fault of his own, because he hadn't submitted the expenses claim. Clearly, he has no thumbs. Yeah. He was known as Treasury Bill. Oh, Treasury Bill. Quite like that. (laughs) And while the optics of government money being used to feed a personal cat were not the best, the idea of funding a cat to live in Downing Street to catch mice, yeah. independent of whichever Prime Minister happened to be occupying the place at the time, seemed like a good investment. Mm. And so A.E. Bannum authorised the one penny per day expense and officials began hunting for the right cat to take on the newly created role of Chief Mauser to the Cabinet Office. So why why can't Treasury Bill do it? Because he's he's a partisan cat, he's a Labour cat. What happens if Labour are voted out? This has to be an apolitical appointment. Oh, a coalition cat. Not even a coalition cat, just a bit like a civil servant. He doesn't get involved at all. He he would, you know, the chief mouser to the cabinet office is a civil servant. Yeah, okay. And gets a civil servant wage, basically. Oh, no, does that mean Treasury Bill has his money taken when he starves to death? No, no, it's just that um, Ramsay MacDonald had to get back to paying for his cat. Okay, fair enough. Mind you, the amount we bloody pay on our cats, yes, mm. pay for your pay for your cat. cat. Absolute fortune we pay on ours. The cat that was selected mm. was called Peter. Mm. He was a black cat. Mm. And, conveniently, and conveniently enough, had been living in the home office prior to his promotion, so they didn't look far. No, they didn't go far. Just across the way. You know that black cat, Peter? Mm. Yeah, we'll have him. He's good. Oh, oh black cat. Our Thursday's black. Mm. The move proved to be one that was not only prestigious for him, but it was also good for Peter's health. As while he'd been living at the Home Office, pretty much every civil servant who worked there had been bringing him little treats, Mm. leading to him becoming 
dangerously overweight and quite lethargic. Oh dear! Because everyone came in with just a little bit of fish, or just so, a, and they thought that it was their one. They were the only person who did this special thing for oh, the cat. Oh, little tidbits, and then and oh, Peter wasn't no. going to let on. No, Peter was. Just, he was living the cushy life. Do you know what he's doing? He's pulling a pogo. Mm. I'm sorry. Did you see the paw then? Yeah, we're just going to have to ignore our own all cats the in way, order to record this. All the way to the elbow, that paw came round the door then. They'll give up eventually. Very cute. She won't. Mm. She's tenacious, if nothing else. Mm. Oh, no. You see, Pogo does this. See, he'll, he'll come to me and go, I didn't have any ham out of the fridge. I definitely didn't have a slice of ham. So I'll give him some ham. And I go, OK, fair enough. And then you'll come down and say, you, you didn't give him any ham, did you? Because I fed him a slice of ham this morning I'm like oh no he's just he gets a lot of ham is what he gets a lot of ham out of the fridge yeah once installed into Downing Street however mm. and with strict instructions that he not be fed beyond his allocated food budget because he's a you know he's getting paid now well he's kept cat now yep Peter got back into shape and began catching an impressive amount of mice Ooh. more than justifying the penny a day cost Peter established the convention of the chief mouser being a non-political position. Good. As over the course of his 17-year tenure, he served under two Labour and three Conservative Prime Ministers. Hmm. While he stayed out of politics, Mm. the same cannot be said for the cats of Neville Chamberlain and Winston Churchill, who both moved in during his tenure. Uh, How did Peter take to them? He just rose above this. Okay. Imagine while all of this is going, Peter is just efficiently catching mice. Well, as per sometimes his role. the addition of a cat can upset the balance. Mm. It can upset the apple cart, can't it? it? Can massively. Neville Chamberlain's cat was originally called Bob. Okay. But following 1938, and the I hold in my hand a piece of paper. A piece of paper. He was rechristened by Churchill as the Munich Mauser. When Churchill took up residence in number 10 in 1940, his own cat called Nelson came with him. Of course it was called Nelson. Of course it was. To be fair, he did have a legitimate reason for naming him Nelson. Go on. Uh, He'd adopted Nelson, who was a stray black cat, Mm. when he'd witnessed him chasing a dog outside of Admiralty House. Nice. And because it was Admiralty House... It was Admiralty House, he's called Nelson. He he liked his gumption. He was like... Yeah. That cat, that's that's the kind of cat I can get on with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the two cats, the Munich Mauser, or Bob, and mm. Nelson, apparently they instantaneously took a massive dislike to each other. Yes. Mm. Unfortunately for Bob, though, the press took against him. It was probably the Munich uh, link. Poor Bob. He was, just... des- he was described in print. Oh, God, no. As, you ready? Yeah. Disagreeable, unfriendly, and a detestable quizling. Oh dear. And if you're wondering what a quizling is, a quizling is a person from a country who starts to work with the invaders. Oh. So turns against their own people. Oh my goodness. So he's been accused of um, siding with the Nazis. <laughs> this cat, a this scab. poor cat. Bob. Bob. Bob the scab. Bob, born and raised in Britain. Mm. Never done anything except it's be the cat, cat of a prime minister of the country. Just well to him, it's just a cat of a bloke. Yeah, suddenly he's being lampooned in the press for being a Nazi sympathizer, all because Winston Churchill had to have his joke. Mm. And these sorts of these sorts of smears, they can have real world consequences, you know. Go on, Bob, aka the Munich Mauser, mm-hmm. 
was found dead outside number 10 on August the 5th, 1943. Somebody killed Bob? There was no indication of foul play. It was never suggested that there was any foul play, but it was noted that Nelson appeared much happier without his rival. And no one knew where Nelson was at the time. Now, cats do fight and cats be cats. Well, you'd see, you'd see marks from that. I'm wondering if Winston, I, I, you know, I, I can't say for sure, but I'm wondering you... if Winston decided to poison, poison him. Poison him. <gasps> Could be a poison job. Mm. Now, back then, they also wouldn't have done an autopsy on a cat. No. Like they do now. They wouldn't bother to do an autopsy on a cat. It's a dead cat. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of poison, feed it to Munich Mauser, and that's that done. Because he did like Nelson. Nelson used to sit on his lap, and he referred to him as being great for the war effort because it meant he didn't have to turn on the heater. So he had a real soft spot for Nelson. And if he saw that his cat was suffering, Mm. and this other cat that he, I'm guessing, with that nickname, he didn't like... He may call have called him the music the the music Mauser the Munich Mauser, mm. but I rep, I bet behind closed doors he called him Hitler, probably. And it, it, I bet he did. Yeah, it was his way of getting one back at Hitler. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I reckon I reckon so. That is awful. That is that is awful. If that did actually happen, uh, we have no evidence. We to have no evidence. That Churchill poisoned, poisoned a, cat. a cat, but if he did, but shame he, on he him. Seems the type. Shame on him. He does seem the type to be petty as fuck, yeah. Peter wisely had stayed above this fracas and he was able to watch Nelson depart along with Winston in July of 1945. Safe in the knowledge that neither of those two cats would ever hold his title. No. Yeah. Neither of them were worthy to be the chief Mauser. Well, no. Mm. They didn't have a job. They were just a pet. Yeah. He was a cut above. He was a cut above. Peter died in post in November 1946, Hmm. after a 17-year career, though. I mean, it's a mighty career. And it was decided by Clement Attlee, Mm. the sitting Prime Minister at the time of his passing, Mm -hmm. that a new cat should be hired as soon as possible. Okay. Unfortunately, it appears that this request was miscommunicated to be hired as young as possible. Oh, no. Which is why Peter II was appointed in December 1946, when he was only two months old. He's a kitten. He's a real kitten as mm. well. I mean, do you remember what our Thursday was like at eight weeks old? She could have fitted in a flipping egg cup. She was that tiny. With no no ability to catch a mouse at that age. She had no ability. Full stop. She was a danger to herself. Mm. Well, that's important. We lost her. Yeah. We lost her more times than anything else. And... That's a bit of foreshadowing because without the prior experience that his predecessor built up before taking on the role yes. of Chief Mauser, yes. Peter II had to learn the job quickly. Mm. But only six months later, on June the 21st, 1947, it became clear that one of the skills he'd not mastered yet mm. was road safety. Oh, baby. While walking from the Home Office to the Cenotaph mm. early one morning. Mm. Well, early on the morning of June 21st. Mm-hmm. I've already given you the date. I don't know why I suddenly <laughs> went very One randomly morning. One morning. No, this morning. Yeah. It was a cold morning. Mm. And he was walking from the Home Office to the Cenotaph. Mm. He was hit by a car being driven by a man called Mr R.B. Bisgood. Luckily, a police constable was close by and was able to bring Peter to the door of the Home Office where the RSPCA were duly called. 
But when they arrived at approximately 3.35am, they could see that the injuries were fatal. Oh, baby. And they made the decision to put Peter II to sleep. Yeah. Mr. Bisgood paid two shillings for the procedure, but was otherwise let off scot-free for the vehicular manslaughter of a government official. I know, I feel sick to the very stomach... scandal. ...and core that he wasn't sentenced. Yeah. I don't care what his excuse was. I don't. I couldn't give a shit. It's only a cat. Don't, don't you trust no, no, the no. people that he, say he is a paid-up civil servant? Ugh. If I hit an undersecretary, I mean, I wouldn't cry if you hit. What's he called? Him. What? Him. No, I'm gonna need more than him. What's he called? Now, is he an MP? Yes, he is. Who are you thinking of? Him with the face and the nannies. You're thinking of Jacob Rees-Mogg, oh, aren't you? Oh, God, okay. yes. He's an MP, Irony. not a civil servant. Irony of him being called Mog. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> hit him with a car. Don't like him. Okay. Strong, strong words. <laughs> strong words. Apparently, after that threat being made to a sitting MP, apparently learning nothing from this tragedy... I'm not the first that said it, Joe. I won't be the last the man to tweet. Hopefully he'll be voted out this time. Yeah, with any luck. Apparently learning nothing from this tragedy. Mm. Attlee had another kitten, naturally called Peter the Third, <laughs> installed as Chief Mauser on August the 27th, 1947. Right. Peter was in post at the time when television became increasingly more widespread across Britain. Yep. And as a result, when he was featured on a BBC programme in 1958, he became a celebrity. What what programme did he was he featured on? It was some news programme. Oh, right. Did they scroll... Oh, was it like Corrie? And they scrolled and there he was and then no, he had to No, I believe they did sort of like a, uh, a little piece on him. Like, oh. oh, some of you may have seen, you know, pictures of this cat in Downing Street. Well, here he is. This is what his duties are. Da, 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 da. They did a little day in the life of oh, Peter the Third. Peter the Third. What colour was Peter the Third? Because we've had two black cats. What uh, was he? he was another black cat. For a while, Good it was Lord. just black cats. Right. Okay. It doesn't stay black. Okay. They, they sort of bridge out. A little I mean, bit. I can't talk, can I? Because you just like black and whites. Black and whites. I mean, Thursday is all black, bar five white hairs on her chinny chin chin, like mm. a tiny little beard. But the rest, the rest of them are yeah, black and white. In fact, we call them Team Black White. Mm. Thursday's not allowed on the team. She doesn't come downstairs anymore, Joe. Yeah. She has two other floors that she She's likes. black and pink with the area that she plucks. I know. Anyway, after being on this programme, Peter the Third, mm. fan letters were being sent from as far afield as the USA and Australia, asking him questions like he's going to answer them. So cute. You know, they were sending across gifts. Oh, Quite a bit of catnip was sent across. Fan mail. Yeah, he got fan mail. And some of these people writing complained that they felt that his food allowance must be too small given his thin appearance. Oh dear. So there were people saying this is a scandal, this this is a government cat, and look at how thin he is. You see this, this to me is cat lovers of the world unite. Mm. Feed the cat. Now, the civil servant in charge of responding to Peter's fan mail. <laughs> what a fabulous way to spend government into, that's money. That's why you get into the civil service. Yeah. 
that sense that you're helping people by answering a cat's fan mail, <laughs> responded to these concerns by recalling the story that Peter had once left a half-nibbled body of a dead pigeon inside his desk. And, as he'd not finished it, it was obviously not a case of starvation. No. No. Mind you, he might have stashed it there for later, because yeah. cats do that as well. They do. But I, mm. I love the fact that Peter... I'd like to think Peter the Third knew that this was the poor sod who was answering his fan mail, and he was mm-hmm. like, do you know what? I'm just going to needle you a bit more by leaving half-dead pigeons around your desk. Love you, bye. I know. I know that I'm the cause of so much of your distress. Mm-hmm. All in all, Peter the Third was said to be doing a good job as a mouser. Very and he was good. awarded a pay rise. Shortly after, he got his pay rise. Shortly after his television Debut. performance, uh, he got a pay rise the same year. Possibly because the spotlight was shone on it, and someone was like, <laughs> "Penny a day." You're like, oh, we can't, we can't be doing that. No, Need to no. Mm-hmm. However, inflation, isn't it? As with all celebrities, mm-hmm. or almost all celebrities, mm-hmm. he was unable to completely avoid scandal. Interesting. I see. I see. This might be a good, uh, good little tale to tell. It was the morning of Remembrance Sunday, 1960. Okay. When Peter was seen walking, stalking along the street near the cenotaph. Mm. And he was observed by a large crowd Mm. to do a poo (laughs) on a doormat (laughs) in full view of where the Queen would soon be stood. Oh, just... Dropping a dookie. In front of all of the well-wishers. That is brilliant. That's such a cat thing to do. I bet he did it, did it with dead-eye stare as well, because that's another cat thing to do. It's like dogs, they won't look at you when they do a poo. It's almost like for shame. Cats, they will give full penetrating eye contact mm. to the point where they've done it, and then they will continue that eye contact while they scuffle every bit of cat litter in a frenzied attack There's no everywhere. This is someone's doormat. I know, this is somebody's doormat. Mm. I know, I understand that. But yeah, that's the, that's, that's the energy. Mm. That's the energy us cat people live with. We're kind of used to it. You can't oh. shock me in that way. Luckily, the offending article was removed before the Queen arrived. Did they bag it? I don't know how they removed it. Someone with a winkle picker might have just weaked it <laughs> in desperation. But the unpatriotic act... Just flapped the mat. Just... <laughs> The unpatriotic <laughs> act and the reporting that accompanied it did impact his public perception for a while. Oh dear! Did they colour it? Oh dear! Yeah. Despite they give this, him a though, pay rise and he does a shit on somebody's doorstep. Yeah. Oh! Despite this, though, mm. uh, he kept his job. They Good. gave him a second chance, and he was also able to see five prime ministers throughout his lifetime. Some going. It is. So, did he live to a ripe old age as well? He must. Have he done. lived to sixteen. Yeah. It was reported that Peter III's favourite treat, mm. above all else, was liver. Mm. Which is ironic, as he eventually died from a liver infection. I don't know what to say to that. But yeah, cats do like liver. I just, I can't stand the smell mm. of liver. Um, so I, I wouldn't have it in the house. It's supposed to be very, very good for them, though. Apparently not. For Peter no. III. He was buried... At the PDSA Cemetery. Mm. And that's the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals. Just mm-hmm. in case anyone didn't know, because I didn't know what PDSA was. Uh, in Ilford, Essex. 
He got a little headstone. Yes, because a plot had apparently been waiting for him from the point he'd become a national celebrity. So as soon as, you know, the government were aware, they were like, oh, God, Peter's like a thing now. We best make sure there's a burial plot ready I for him. We don't want to go people to think we haven't thought I it through. I kind of want to go and leave a bag of dreamies for him. Well, we'll I have to go all the way to Idleford. Yeah. Okay. Next time we're in the area. Next time we're in the area, I'll go and drop some dreamies off at his headstone. Or if we have any listeners around the Essex area and you yeah. happen to be able to pop into the PDSA cemetery, if you could take a snap of his headstone, we'd really appreciate that. Yeah. Mm. And leave some dreamies. And leave we'll, some dreamies. If dreamies. you do photographic evidence that you've done it, we'll reimburse you via postal order. <laughs> he received a funeral procession, oh. which was led by two donkeys. And his brass-handled, solid oak coffin was lowered into the grave from a purple cloth-draped wheelbarrow. Nothing but the best for Peter the Third. That is very sweet. Mm. There was there were press there, so I'm sure somewhere pictures exist of this. Oh, there will strange... be. I'm not. I'm not going to Google it because I'll get no. upset. But uh, you know, once they'd lowered the coffin, a little nosegay went on. You know, a little bouquet of flowers. It's all very, very tasteful. The realisation that whoever held the post of Chief Mauser was guaranteed celebrity status from now on led the Lieutenant Governor of the Isle of Man, Ronald Garvey, to use the vacant post as an opportunity to boost the profile of Manx interests. Right. So he's like, there's something that we can latch on to. Well, yeah, okay. He contacted the government to suggest that a Manx cat be chosen as the replacement for Peter III. When they agreed in principle to the idea, he quickly right. sourced a cat called Go on. Manina Kate De. Right, that's definitely Sorry. not how it's said. Called Meninga. Meninga? Meninga Kate De, from a farmer who claimed that she was a great mouser. Right. So can you, can you just, for the dear listeners who might not know and might not want to Google what a Manx cat looks like, can you actually give us a... A it's little, a cat with a dock tail that looks is. aggressive. They do. They look very, very This one was angry. a tabby. Yeah. Sort of tabby pattern, but they're, they're, they're kind of almost curled up. They are. They're a bit funny looking. Yeah. Like, it's like, they're not like sphinx cats that have no hair. No. But they are as bizarre looking, mm. I think. Well, this one, this one was the first cat I think he managed to get hold of. Mm. Uh, he renamed the cat Petter. Petter. Because it couldn't be Peter, it's a she. Uh, right. And flew her over to London personally. Again. Okay. This is the Lieutenant Governor of the Isle of Man <laughs> is taking time out of his schedule I know. to fly a cat he's just boxed up on a farm <laughs> and renamed to the Home Office. All I can imagine is this cat going in a box. Just he also alerted the press so that he could ceremonially hand the newly minted petter Oh, you see this? The level of press manipulation there is borderline disgusting. It gets worse with the press, don't you worry? Oh, no. Yeah, handed it over personally to the Home Secretary of the time, Mm. Henry Brook. Oh, no. Now, because this cat obviously hadn't been vetted like the Peters had, Mm. there were some teething troubles. No shit. I'm not a fan of uh, Manx Mm. cats. In terms of, if you're going to have a a breed of cat, because to me all cats are cats and mongrel is, of course, best. Or moggy, 
if you're British. Unless that's it's Jacob Rees-Moggy, apparently. We've Jacob Rees-Moggy can get under the wheels of a bus, for all I care. But, yeah, um, Manx cats, they're, they're quite low down. Okay. Quite low down. The well, temperament is odd. Not least of the teething troubles when it came to Petter was the fact that she'd not been house-trained. <laughs> it was also noted that she was lazy. She was quite loud. Yeah, they did. They have a very, very, very horrible meow as and well. And she was fond of fighting other cats. Oh, Lord. In fact, right. a fight with Harold Wilson's cat, a Siamese cat called Nemo, led to an injury to Mary Wilson, his wife, when she tried to break them up. You don't break up a cat fight. Well, she learned that lesson the hard way because she contracted sepsis. Jeez Louise. And she had to miss several official engagements as a result, a direct result of Petter being a bit of a dick. <laughs> By 1968... The they civil... need a better vetting uh... yeah. Oh, system definitely. on this. This and is ridiculous. By 1968, now. the civil servants who regularly came into contact with Petter mm. realised that she was not up to the job of Chief Mauser. No, because she was feral. She had become, and this is a direct quote, inordinately fat. <laughs> I love that. I mean, does that not just mean she's very good at her job? No, or is she just incredibly was... lazy? She's incredibly lazy. She didn't catch mice. That farmer who said, oh, she's a very good mouser. Yeah, he like, lied. You're going to pay me a lot of money for this cat because yep. you need a Manx cat like yesterday yep, yep. for this publicity stunt. Yeah. Uh, she was quite frankly at this stage a liability. <laughs> if that, again, if that doesn't sum up being a cat owner, I don't know what does. <laughs> what is it like being a cat owner? Well, they're a liability. <laughs> That's all I can say. Despite this, though, despite knowing these things, they didn't feel that they could remove her from post in case this would lead to bad publicity. Right. Because it had been quite a big thing that she'd been introduced. Mm. The first female Mauser to the Cabinet Office, for one. Yeah. And from, you know, the Isle of Man. We don't want to show that we're kind of poo-pooing no, the Manx community. No, but also from a farm, poor stock. Mm. Poor stock, that's that's rural yeah, pauperage. Think of the optics. Oh. So, instead... The wheels within wheels. They simply stopped mentioning her in dispatches. And introduced a co-chief Mauser All right. in 1973. Right. And what was this co-chief Mauser called? Well, this is the thing. As two Peters would be a bit confusing, even yeah. if it was Peter and Petter. Yeah. This new female cat was called Wilberforce. I already love her. Mm. I already love her. Completely. Well, good. Because the co-chief Mauser title was a lie as Petter had actually been secretly retired and moved to the home of a civil servant where she eventually died, still inordinately fat and loud and lazy, <laughs> in 1980. Uh, wow! Yeah. She Oh, she lasted. She lasted through sheer laziness. Yeah, she didn't expend any energy, no. so she was able to just continue. So Wilberforce was actually... Yeah. The only chief mouser. The, the co-chief thing was a complete lie. It was, yeah. It was a cover-up. Wilberforce was a black and white. Oh, you see, I knew, I knew Wilberforce would be, a, would be one of my people. I knew it. I love a black he and white He was adopted cat. from the Hounslow branch of the RSPCA. Oh. She was named in honour of the abolitionist William Wilberforce and was the complete opposite of Petter oh. in that she was quiet and ruthlessly efficient, being described as possibly the best Mauser in all of Britain. Wow. Wilberforce's favourite place to relax was under the desk of Margaret Thatcher's press secretary, Bernard Ingham. Mm -hmm. 
probably because Ingham had asthma and was particularly <laughs> allergic to cats. And cats can sense this kind of thing. They do. If you look slightly uncomfortable around a cat, mm. they will gravitate towards you. It's stronger than the pull of the sun. It is. It is. It's it, It's stronger than gravity. It's My dad is so allergic to cats mm. and his knee is prime real estate. Like, literally prime real estate. He puts a jumper down, it's a cat bed. If he puts a bag down, the cats are in it. They lie on his shoes. They lie... It, it's like they can leave everyone else in the room alone, but they won't leave my dad alone. And I think it's like they sense that they might just cause some mischief in that manner, and they find it delicious. But despite that, despite the you know potential for serious uh, medical emergencies, mm. Ingham reported that he actually quite liked quite like Wilberforce. I they love were her. friends. I love her. I think she's she's my favourite by far. Mm. So far, after nearly fourteen years of service mm. and multiple television appearances, including mm. a segment with Esther Ranson, rarefied air, hair of the teeth, hair of the teeth. How do you describe Esther Ranson to our American listeners? Um, she's a TV personality, isn't she? She's a TV personality. She looks a bit like one of the Golden Girls with the teeth dialed up to eleven. Yeah, she's like she's like a pony. Mm. She's like a pony in human form. With um, back then, she would have had red hair, mm, wouldn't she? Very, very forceful personality. She's very, yeah. very forward. Well, she did a, a segment with Wilberforce. Right. Um, Wilberforce was considered to be a national treasure. With the press prior to the nineteen eighty seven election commenting that <clears throat> governments may come and go, prime ministers may pass into the night. But Wilberforce goes on forever, mm-hmm. untroubled by the mighty events that go on around her twitching whiskers. What a beautiful thing to write. Mm. I like that. But despite the feeling that Wilberforce was forever, this yeah. proved to be her last election cycle. Oh. Wilberforce retired on April 3rd, 1987, to live out her days in Essex. Okay. Prior to leaving, Wilberforce was presented with a gift by then Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Oh. And Wilberforce enjoyed just over a year out of the spotlight before dying peacefully in her sleep on May 19th, 1988. I like that. Such was the distress that Wilberforce's passing caused in government. Oh, I imagine it was ripples. That it was over a year before Thatcher could bring herself to hire a replacement. Yeah. So the, the power of Wilberforce was that Margaret Thatcher was moved to yeah. have human you emotions. See, I don't think... You replace a cat. You allow another one in, but you don't ever replace them because they they are yeah, so these, these different. Aren't pets, so it this doesn't is, matter. This is the one instance where no, you might replace a cat. No, I mean you you replace the job. You replace the job, but you don't replace the cat because the personality will out. I can imagine if you get a dog, it's the same. No. Don't don't go saying that about dogs come on i don't i'm not a dog person i know but we don't want to alienate our dog loving listeners well i mean each to their own and all that jazz but i'm not a dog person but to me all dogs are dogs but all cats are not all cats i think that says more about you than about the animals and that's fine that's fine but there was obviously an emotional connection to wilberforce because i'm emotionally connected to it i've never seen it the next chief mauser was not hired Mm. so much as saved 
a black and white long-haired stray found by a cabinet office civil servant who was nicknamed Humphrey oh. for the character Humphrey Appleby in Yes Minister. Played by Nigel Hawthorne. Yes, and later, of course, Yes Prime Minister. Can we talk about our own long hair rescue? Are we allowed? No, we can't talk about Pogo because you already have. Yeah, he's our main coon. Yes, he's mix. huge. He's he terrifying. Eight kilos of cat. Of cat. Um, he sounds like a child running down the stairs. Mm. He has the most pathetic meow, the most pathetic purr you've ever heard. Um, and he was dumped in a park. When he was a baby. Ironically called Happy Mount Park. Called Happy Mount Park, yeah. He was dumped in there as a baby. And, uh, yeah, he's a, so he's a rescue. But my lordy fluffy. I don't think... He when has I pogey say, wool. He doesn't, he I've doesn't seen, have... I've seen a picture of Humphrey. He wasn't quite to, to Pogue's level of thickness of Fluff. hair. Yeah. I don't know whether Pogo's thick it was fur noted. or he's just fat. I don't know because Pogo's a little overweight at the moment. <laughs> he's carrying extra winter timber for sure. Well, Humphrey... Yes. He came in at a very good time to be the chief mouser oh, right. at the cabinet office uh, because the wages had risen to £100 annually. Hey! It is appropriate that he was named after a character from a satirical comedy show as Humphrey's career contained so many farcical scenarios that it's difficult to believe they weren't scripted. Oh, he was the character. Mm. You see... Wilberforce has my heart as a black and white girly the first black and white girly on the scene yep. has my heart but I knew because was Humphrey black and white Humphrey was a black and white there you go they are the best cats the best well, Wilberforce Hands was down. this quiet reserved oh, you never professional get too cat you never get too alike Humphrey character he was the victim of a press scandal on June the 7th 1994 did he also do a shit on a carpet? No, he was accused of murdering four robin chicks that had been in a nest on a windowsill outside John Major's office window. He was accused of murder. Accused? John Major himself, the Prime Minister of England... This is insane. And, sorry, the Prime Minister of Britain. Britain. We're a bit past the Act of Union at that point. We are. Uh, had to come out in the press and deny the reports. <laughs> Saying that as far as he was concerned, Humphrey was not the guilty party. Right, so just, again, just to clear things up for our non-British listeners, John Major, in a satirical puppet show that was... Um, Spitting pr- image. Primarily about... Politicians. Politi- politicians, but they also did other celebrities. John Major's puppet was black and white. It was grey, yeah. Was it was grey, yeah. because he had... Seemingly no personality. He there was there was nothing about him whatsoever. No. So to have this to have this nugget of brilliance about him, it's it's just like there's just a glimmer somewhere of a little flicker of colour. Mm. Just a flicker. Well, he, he came out at and the he, he said, "I have no evidence to suggest that Humphrey was behind the deaths of these chicks, and I, I don't that. know where the rumours have started." Scandal, mm. absolute scandal. But despite John Major jumping to his defence, yeah, the perception of Humphrey as a menace to the bird communities of London stuck, and were further cemented when he was seen in St James's Park and was blamed for the apparent savaging of a duck 
that had occurred earlier in the year as a result. See, that's just speculation at this point. You need hard, you need hard fast the evidence. Same, Humphrey, he frequents the park, and we know that the duck was in the park when it was savaged. Right. Coincidence? What, a, what about all the freaking foxes? No. They no. have rats in London as big as foxes. It could have been a rat. It could have been anything, but It could Humphrey, have been flipping anything. Dog? The, the fingers were pointing at Humph. Well, I feel that is massively unfair. It took until 2006... For the journalist who wrote the original story about the Robins, George Jones of the Daily Telegraph, to admit (gasps) that he had printed the hit piece with no supporting evidence to back up the claims. That is absolute scandal. He'd accused a cat of murder with no evidence to support it and then had just gone about his day like he hadn't besmirched the reputation of one of the great officers of state. Right, well... His conscience was conscience was pricked, is all I can say. His conscience must have been pricked. We'll get to why 2006 was the, the time that he finally decided to come clean, don't you worry. But possibly feeling the heat from the ongoing tabloid pressure as an accused murderer... Oh, baby. Humphrey went missing in the June of 1995. Humphrey? Yeah. Attempts were made by the government press officers to keep the story quiet. But I'm it, really invested in this yeah. car. What's happened to Humphrey? But it was broken, the news of his disappearance, by Sheila Gunn, a journalist with the Times newspaper. Oh, no. This publicity that came around, because it was front-page news... Yes. Front-page news. Yes. Cat goes missing. Yes. It proved to be a blessing, as it led to Humphrey being found. He had gone to the Royal Army Medical College, where the staff had assumed he was astray, had taken him in... And renamed him PC, which was short for Patrol Cat. Oh, special patrol group. (laughs) He got to the uh, Royal Army Medical College. They let him in, fed him. He's like, oh, I guess I work here now. And he just went back to his mousing duties. (laughs) They're like, oh, God, he's good at this. Yeah. Call him PC. Oh, special patrol group. The Royal Army Medical College agreed to return Humphrey. Mm. Uh, and he apparently released a press statement saying that he'd enjoyed his holiday. Oh, lovely. Before returning to his duties. Yeah. You see, that's what happens when they roam a little too far. They can't get themselves back. So they, they go um, and mule at the next person they, they they deem to be a safe haven in the vain hope that they might be taken in. <laughs> but despite being refound, mm. trouble was on the horizon for Humphrey. Oh, no. As while the chief Mauser has never commented on the human occupants with whom they share Downing Street. No. In 1997, one of the new human occupants was reported to not like cats. Right. Sherry Blair, <gasps> the wife of the new Labour PM, Tony Blair. Sherry Blair? Was accused of planning to get rid of Humphrey from the moment she walked into number 10. Having previously said that she felt that the cats were unclean animals. Well, that's absolutely yeah, not true. I mean, they're just not. But the rumours were swirling with such intensity mm. that she was forced to make a statement to the press insisting that she had no plans to remove him from his home. Mm. She even had a picture taken holding Humphrey to try and, you know, show that she she was uh, a cat person. Is that why there is a picture of Sherry Blair with a cat? Yes, that's Humphrey that she's holding. Right. But people were not convinced. 
and a rumour, a fresh rumour began to circulate that the Blairs had made sure Humphrey was sedated before Sherry would consent to the picture. No, this is insane now. So people were looking at this picture of Sherry in the cat and going, that cat is clearly under sedation. Look in the eyes. <laughs> Look, in Look the in eyes. the eyes of this There's cat. There's nothing there. Oh, my God. Now, while Sherry has always denied any animosity with Humphrey, mm. it is true that within a year, the chief Mauser was secretly moved to a new home with an elderly couple somewhere in Greater London. An undisclosed location. Yes, an undisclosed location. The press were only told that Humphrey had retired on health grounds... (laughs) Jesus Christ. ..the day after the move had taken place. Well, could you imagine? There there might be sabotage. You've got to look after him. They specifically said it was to... Make sure that there were no kidnap attempts. Mm-hmm. Now, you'd think that'd be an end of it. Well, yes, he's retired now. So I imagine that they had a new cat lined up and then they were going to... In, oh, no, in... we're not even there yet because it wasn't the end of it. The Conservative opposition... Oh, God, right. ...took the opportunity to point out that Humphrey had lived happily at number 10 for almost eight years under a Conservative government but had been moved out within six months of Labour taking power. Right. And Conservative MP Alan Clark right, took yeah. it upon himself to go to the press and express his suspicions about the retirement story, stating on the record, As far as I'm concerned, Humphrey is now a missing person. Unless I hear from him or he makes a public appearance, I suspect he's been shot. Oh my God. Cat lovers of the world unite. This is this is what happens. I mean, you become so invested in these little furry buggers. You really do. And they are... You have to be a strong person to live with a cat because you've got to deal with bumps in the night, bumps on your head, because they will jump on you. Um, just fur everywhere. Mess. Thievery. Yep. Otherwise known as theft, because they will steal things. And just uh, all manner of shenanigans. Well, the entire idea of quietly shuffling him off completely backfired with accusations of murder being levelled at Sherry Blair. Oh, what? Oh, my God. Right, it's got serious then. To the point where the new Labour government, within the first 100 days they were in power, had to take the time to take a select group of journalists to a secret location to meet with Humphrey. During this meeting, pictures were taken with the daily newspapers in full view under Humphrey's feet to prove that he was alive. And the reporters confirmed that he seemed happy and not in any way in danger. He was just just retired. Yeah, but my question about the retirement story is the fact that he spent almost a decade in retirement. Yeah. Before his death was reported in March of 2006. But with him being a rescue, they might not have known how old Humphrey was. Mm. You know, he wasn't he wasn't there from a kitten. No, he wouldn't have been. I don't think he'd have been that old. But the fact that he was there for eight years and then his ret- his retirement was longer than the period of time he was in in office. Yeah. So his health grounds obviously weren't that serious no i i imagine more that there was so much scandal linked to him Mm. and there's there'd been so much press coverage and this said and that said and then 
um, you know, kind of like, oh, well, Sherry Blair doesn't like him. They've thought, do you know what? This is just going to carry on being a thing. It should have gone to a uh, tribunal because he was um, removed from office without due grounds. There were, there were no grounds for it. I don't know. I mean, I suppose, I mean, he could have had a heart murmur. Like Sherry Blair's paying for it to be checked over for a heart murmur. Well, it just, it, it, it's yearly jibby jabs. Okay. You, you get... They get checked. Well, either way, he had a long retirement with a nice elderly couple in somewhere in London. Mm. Let's hope it was. Not, I think not quite so full of incident as his time. No, in the I think probably the 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 multitude of incidents probably led him to be retired mm. um, because they couldn't afford any more scandal, cat related well, scandal. <laughs> like I said, he he died in March two thousand and six, and that is coincidentally the same month that George Jones admitted he'd made up the Robin story. Because you can't be accused of slander when the person's dead. Or in this case, cat. So he, George Jones basically only told the truth when he saw that he could latch on to the, That's weak. the story That's of, really of Humphrey weak. dying and get a bit more notoriety. That, see, you get no notoriety for that. You just get called an absolute wazzock. There you go, George Jones. You are an absolute wazzock. Mm-hmm. While Sherry Blair always insisted that she did not hound Humphrey out of number 10, it is a fact that the Blairs did not appoint a new Chief Mauser for their entire tenure in Downing Street. Oh, so she didn't like cats? No, the post lay fallow. No, she definitely didn't like cats. Mm. That shit-eating grin <laughs> that she had, and he had. They shared a shit-eating grin between the two of them, the Blairs. That, that covered a multitude of cat-hating sins. Okay, I've had just soured new labour for you yep compl- well well don't even get me started it wasn't on the new blood war. <laughs> don't even this. no don't even get me started on new labour jesus christ okay. i could i could carry on till tomorrow morning okay i don't like new labour let's move forward a they've decade, just then. sullied it even more let's move forward a decade when gordon brown was in was in office right he appointed sybil to take on the role of chief mauser sybil sybil in September 2007, named for Sybil Faulty. Of course. Sybil was already eight years old at the time okay. and had been residing in Alistair Darling's family home in Edinburgh. Until Sybil Dar- Darling! Until Darling was appointed Chancellor and expected to move to number 11, Downing Street. Of course, that is Alistair Darling of the eyebrows. Of the eyebrows, Sadly, fame. RIP recently. Yes, some, somebody working who actually, you know, knew about economics and was mm. working as the... Uh, Heaven for Fend. I mean, f- f- Jesus Christ, somebody who actually understands mm. something. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, Sybil did not adapt to city life. And oh. after trying to catch mice, only to be told in March 2008 that this was now prohibited due to maintenance regulations restricting the use of animals for pest control... She was moved to the home of a family friend in outer London. Oh, right. She continued to hold the title of Chief Mauser, seeing Mm. as how apparently it was only ceremonial now anyway. Okay. Until she died after a short illness in 2009. Oh, Sybil. So she was only... Ten. She was only ten years old. Oh, she was ten. But yeah, she she was living in the outskirts of Edinburgh. And to be honest... Edinburgh? Yeah. Oh, Originally. Yes. She spent most of her life living 
in a nice sort of in leafy, burbs. leafy area of Edinburgh. Mm. You know, it's, it's still quite... A, I mean, how how close did we get to Edinburgh before we noticed there was a city? It's so rural. You have to be in it. Yeah. From that to central London, she just... The culture shock was too much. Yeah. I mean, I say, I say Esme's moved a lot. She's lived in a lot of different types of property. Mm. And she's a, she's a seasoned traveller, is Esme. Mm. Um, but yeah, for yeah, a cat she like moving early. It oh, she started didn't moving start in year eight. No, months old. She started moving house, which brings us mm. to the current holder of the post of chief Mauser to the cabinet office. Larry, Larry the cat, a stray white and tabby cat who was adopted from Battersea Dogs and Cats Home in 2011. Oh. Larry was originally only supposed to be a pet for David Cameron's children. However, he reportedly showed a high chase drive and hunting instinct. Keen eye. Swift of whisker. <laughs> Strong of flank. <laughs> he was duly promoted to the vacant position of Chief Mauser. Mm. The publicity surrounding the appointment was good news for the other strays he'd left behind, as Battersea Dogs and Cats Home reported that they experienced a 15% increase in cat adoptions as a result. That's brilliant. Of Larry. Yes, that's brilliant. In I the like first that. year alone. Wow. Larry has reinstated the primary role of the chief mouser, publicly leaving a dead mouse in front of number 10 oh, yes, for I the first time well. in August 2012, mm-hmm. and reportedly catching at least two mice a week from then on, because mm-hmm. no one was going to stop him. It's like you can say you health and safety really. maintenance. My favourite pictures of Larry, mm. because he's the current one, is is the well. There's kind of like little videos and little pictures. Mm. Uh, is of the guards at Ten Downing Street standing there waiting for him to come in as he looks at the door with absolute disdain. Like I'm not coming in. I'm not. I'm not coming in. And then they close the door and like, I want to come in. Meow, 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 meow. And then they open the door and it's like, no, I'm not coming in. I, th- I love it when they play that game. It's absolutely hilarious. It's proper cat behaviour. And they have to kind of like scuffle him through. It's like, come on, Larry, get in. Come on. While he still does the hard work of a mouser. Yes. Larry is also a very modern celebrity. He yeah. has social media accounts. He does. He poses for official photographs each year. Yes, he does. And his duties are now listed by Downing Street as including... Greeting guests to the house. Yes. Inspecting security defences. Yes. And testing antique furniture for napping quality. (laughs) I love it. I know. I love it. Larry, though, he he does have a hard side. He has a reputation Mm. for not wanting to share the limelight with other cats... And has seen off a cat called Freya, belonging mm-hmm. to George Osborne, as well as regularly fighting with Palmerston, a cat that was adopted by the Foreign Office. On one occasion in July 2016, Palmerston was forcibly evicted from Number Ten because he managed to sneak in, and they were so worried about reprisals from Larry mm-hmm. that the security detail grabbed him by the scruff, Palmerston, and gave him the <laughs> bums rush out from Number Ten. Oh, Palmerston, and he was eventually forcibly retired to the countryside in 2020. Oh, yes. Because the fights were getting vicious to the point where, you know, they were serious, they were having to call the vets in regularly for one or the other. And they were like, we've got to get rid of one of these. And I think if we got rid of Larry... Oh, there'd be absolute national outcry. So Larry's an institution. 
Palmerston. Like Larry's many on people, Instagram. Many Larry's people. on TikTok. Like many people who've sort of gone for that, you know, gone for the person in the position of power and yeah. have fallen short, mm-hmm. he's he's had to suck it up and just go into that early retirement. Mm-hmm. Larry mm. has already witnessed five prime ministers in his time as Chief Mauser. Don't get me started. And he may be in line to be the first cat holding the title to have served under six. Well, we can only bloody hope at this point because we have... We have witnessed the absolute shit show shambles of the current Conservative government. We're talking who about can't cats. Why do you have to get even... political on this? We don't do politics, you know this. I've never made a political comment on this. Right, okay, podcast. whatever. Well, this this government is just an absolute well, shambles. I say shambles. he may, because there were rumours, if you remember, September last year, September 2023, mm-hmm. that Larry was deathly ill and that they just weren't telling us. And there was a bit of a, an outcry again. There was a bit of a hoo-ha. Until Larry was uh, seen, sat on the doorstep again, and everyone breathed a collective sigh of relief. Like, yep. Oh, thank God, there he is. Yeah. But that is the end of our 150th consistently eccentric episode Mm. and it is the story of the cabinet cat the chief mauser to the cabinet office Mm. a job that has so far been held by just eight cats in nearly a hundred years we have half of that amount living under our roof we do we could rename them peter one through three and petter (laughs) it'd have to be the other way around because they're three girls and a boy no, we just call the girls Peter 1, Peter 2, Peter oh, right, 3. Okay. And then as the last one in, Pogo, Pogo would naturally be become Petter. Petter. Right, yeah. okay. Which is close to Pogo, really. It's a four-letter four name beginning with P. Okay. He'll, he'll, he's thick enough that you won't notice. So there you go. I hope Aww. you enjoy the fact that for once I wrote a, an episode that you were going to enjoy from start to finish. I love cats. I know you do, darling. Yeah. And... I can't think of a better Valentine's Day date than this. We've sat, drunk wine. I think it's possibly one of our better ones. We don't really, we really cats. don't do Valentine's Day because it, it gives me the itch. But oh dear, because next door there's a bed with rose petals and there's candles. Oh well, you're gonna have a fun night, aren't you? By yourself. Never gonna dance again. No. Guilty feeling, got no fear. I've got cattery in my eye. (laughs) Hi there, it's Emma, Chief Organiser at Consistently Eccentric. Here to remind you all that if you like what you hear, you can catch up with all previous episodes and session series by searching for us on Acast, Spotify and iTunes. How fancy. You can also join us on Instagram at Consistently Eccentric Podcast, where we update on the weekly episode and post all of our bonus content for you lucky lot. See you next week.